You're now listening to Sage on Sage News Live. Thank God you got here. What the heck were you doing? All right. Man, we've been slammed today. Call up the call, man. All right, so you also sent me a bunch of stuff, which I'm going to go over. All right, so everybody, just so everybody knows, I'm going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Um, I've already talked a little bit about you, but go ahead and tell us about yourself there, fine sir. Yeah, Daniel Summers from uh, Charles String, Inc. We are a trucking insurance agency. Um, what else can I say? We've got uh, a YouTube channel that's been doing pretty good for us, uh, the Truck Insurance Channel. Uh, so, yeah, we do anything trucking. Uh, we're in 25 states, and then we have a partner agency that covers everything else. We've been uh, growing pretty rapidly ever since we started our YouTube channel, and that's kind of it. Like, we, we just like trucking. All right. So, and, and basically, how long, when you first started this, and of course, you technically can do homeowners, but you can't, you don't want to do homeowners because it's a pain in the butt. Uh, but you first started this channel. A lot of the stuff you did was explaining the insurance thing, right? Kind of breaking it all down for people. Yeah. Yeah. Still do pretty much that. Um, there's a few other things that we've kind of tapped into so far. So, like, but yeah, main thing is just try and break down insurance because a lot of people, just don't understand how it all works. The The business model of insurance in general, like commercial insurance is kind of like, it's weird. It's unlike a lot of other industries. Um, you've got insurance companies, brokerages or wholesale agents and underwriting companies, which kind of like all fall into one category. Then you've got independent agents, which is like what we are. We're just an independent agency. So we can work yeah. with multiple insurance companies and brokers. And then, then just individual agents under agencies, right? So like my agency, it's just four of us. Uh, you know, we do pretty good with just the four of us. We're really efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can also go straight to certain insurance companies like Progressive, uh, Three by Berkshire. There's a few that you can call just straight up and try and get a policy. Yeah. Then you don't, you know, then all you have, from there on, you, you only get to call the 800 number every time you need something, which isn't too great for truckers. I don't even know why they do that. Well, why, oh, let me ask this then. Because that's a good that's a good point. I want to talk to this. Like, so I'm, let's say I'm signing up uh, a trucking company, and why would I not just go direct? Can't, shouldn't I just cut you out and, and make you know I make more money cutting you out, don't I? I, I pay less insurance cutting you out. With Progressive, no. Uh, three by Berkshire is a whole different company. Technically, it's under the umbrella of Berkshire's companies, which is almost half of all insurance companies out there. But uh, right. it's weird with them. Totally different scenario. Uh, because what you can get online and direct from them, you can't get from an agent because it's technically it's, it's a lot of the same underwriting, like a lot of the same models of, of rating policies and everything. It's just, yeah. they don't provide agents access to that system. Um, so it's kind of, and they also do a weird package thing. They want truckers to have cyber liability and they try to push workers comp on everyone. It's, you, know, you don't. Not everybody needs that. So coming but to like, someone, coming to someone like you, you can actually tweak the system to, to, to yeah. give me what I need rather than what they're going to want tell me I need. You can be like, hey, what are as you doing? As, so with with direct companies, yeah. uh, Progressive, Berkshire, Great West, Century, National General, there's a bunch that we have direct access to. So literally we're using the same system that if you called an 800 number, that person would be using. Okay. Um, no, they, they bake in, you know, like what we get paid. Uh, there's no difference if you called 800 number or an agent the the difference though that some people like think that is because if i quote it and someone at the company quotes it we might quote it differently um 
there's so many like people can miss discounts people can put the wrong radius in there's there's normally an user error that creates different rates in the quotes from the same company like same thing goes between me and five other agents like independent agents quoting with progressive or berkshire whoever we all could put something different in um that's why i always tell people like get quotes from multiple people and share them you don't need to hide quotes and rates thinking that like we can control the numbers right like i can't i can't control what you know if i quoted exactly the same as the next agent it's going to be the same exact rate um there's no difference there i've I've tested this out a lot just to be sure (laughs) (laughs) so let me Um, uh, let me ask this so you've been doing this how long just over four years now. All right. So in the four years, we've obviously had some different um, <laughs> in situations over four years. Everything from the vid to everything that's been going on, right? right. So yeah. what to, to, to compare it to today? So the ups and downs. What are you kind of seeing in the in the? Let's just say trucking now with with guys, truck drivers that call and things like that. From when you started to where you are now, what do you? Is there a difference that you're kind of seeing? Um, man, a lot. Uh, let's just start with the truckers. Uh, so there's always like peaks and valleys and people getting started with trucking companies and people getting, you know, going out of business. There's, there's, there's always, you know, that comes and goes quite a bit comes, goes, comes back around. Um, you know, I've had several clients that, you know, and it's not always like they just run out of business. They might have a better opportunity. Uh, you know, if a friend also owns an MC and gets some contract, they might shut down temporarily to go run their truck or trucks under somebody else. You know, that happens. Right. And then they come right back and set back up if, if you know, the things change. Um, and then there are people that uh, just don't make it through like challenging times. Like when COVID first hit, a lot of trucks weren't running. Um, that was, that was scary for a second. And then, and then right after that, like within two months, it, it went, you know, crazy uh everyone was hitting the road and there was there was a lot of money in freight at right. the time and, and then it kept going it kept going like the past year year and a half we've seen the most new motor carrier applicants ever yeah uh that's been there's been some crazy numbers there um more recently it's it's uh kind of leveled off mm-hmm. and it's kind of back to the, the standards of like 2018 early 2019 um nothing in 2020, you know, but it's since 2018, it's kind of been on this steady gradual incline, uh, up until, you know, mid COVID, I guess that it went nuts and, you know, all of last year. Yeah. It's about, about that time. So yeah. Uh, other trends, um, right now I'm seeing a lot of people grow fleets. I'm seeing people, you know, one truck operations going out of business. There's yeah. a, there's a huge increase in that. We see a ton of pending revocations uh, right now. People basically just getting behind on insurance. Uh, then they end up pending revocation, and then you know if they don't get caught up, they go out of business. So just everybody knows, uh, pending revocation just it basically means we're shutting you down. Yeah. yeah. If you you know like the insurance company normally gives you a couple days past your past your due date. Yeah. To get get the bill paid. If not, then they have to notify the FMCSA that they're going to cancel the policy and they can't cancel the policy right away. They got to wait that 35 days. Um, it's, it's a cursing and a bless for people to get behind. Right. Cause it's like, you know, like you get a pending revocation on your authority. Other insurance can see that other companies can see that. Right. Uh, and that can hurt you getting quotes, you know, down the road with your renewal or trying to switch to other companies. Oh, so you can see, like, you can see when somebody didn't yeah. pay their insurance basically. 
Yeah, and like the way it reports in Safer, like yeah. if you're if you're just late every month, right? It mm -hmm. tags it every single month, and you can see the like pending cancellation date and the reinstatement date or new effective date if they're like it's uh there's there's always a new row every time every month right and you can, you can tell if someone's just paying late or if someone's actually like not paying the policies going actually canceled and then two three weeks later they're reinstating that's that's really scary <clears throat> for underwriters <clears throat> sorry i need some water um but uh hang on I think I have some. You want to avoid those. You want to avoid those as much as you can because it's it seriously like everyone should be working towards getting to preferred markets like Century, Great West, uh, Canal's one. Um, there's a few. There's a bunch of them, right? There, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say there's a bunch, but there's more. Those are some of the like big names, though. And uh, those are Great the ones West that good you get better rates with because you've you've kept your your stuff good, basically. Yeah. No claims. No pending revocations. And no clean driving records and good inspections. Uh, you don't want to have any bad inspections. So, and you yeah, talk, there's a lot of people. Bad. Yeah. Bags. Be, uh, I was just going to say like, there's, there's national averages in each category of things that, you know, you get yeah. out of service or whatever for. So you want to stay below the national averages and then you're, then you're fine. Like they, they give some leeway on that, but it's kind of a broken system in, in that regard. Cause there's a lot of reasons I, I won't go into it right now. Yeah, let me pull this up here. I'll actually put this on screen and let me go to display. And let me type in um uh 166960. And that's Landstar. So then we go over to I mean I'll get this so everybody can see it so they know what you're talking about. And there's your national averages. Right? Yep. So right got, below that like and insurance is where you can see pending revocations which is right here no no back if you went back a screen okay that uh it's like licensing and insurance oh that right here Beep. no no go uh, right right below where you clicked on sms results yeah i just did this that, one yeah yep that's, that's it that's you right go in there and then you can you can see everything about prior insurance and stuff oh you can see God. who you've had when you have them if you left early, a lot of insurance companies don't want you to do midterm switches. That's a big thing. Um, if they see you've switched to three different companies in the past two years, they're like, why? <laughs> like, it's just outputting right. to these. Pending ratifications. I would yep. just click on what the report. Uh, click on on the MC. Click the HTML report on the right side. That one might work. Not, and obviously, they're not pending revocation, basically, because this is Landstar. This is one of the largest trucking companies out there, so I just yeah. snagged them. And then you go down down along the bottom, there's insurance history. You can click on that. Which would be here? Uh, insurance. There's a link. In Got this. it. Yep. Can put... It right says self-insured. <laughs> uh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. Self-insured. So th this is that's basically where you would see where would this be basically pending right, right here. Yeah, if there was any pending revocations that popped up, uh, you'd see. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I don't think they've had any. No, uh, self-insured, self-insured. Yeah. They seem to be well, coming. So Why do they come in and out of self-insured? Like self-insured, then they go to mutual liberty. That's weird. What you know? 
That's Since good I'm in insurance, I don't really deal with the self-insured very often. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it's but difficult. I imagine there's something. It has to do with uh, like. If, have you ever looked at the requirements to be self-insured? No, I've not. Do you know what they are? You got to have a, a ton of assets, right? And they review all that and determine whether or not you're qualified to be self-insured. So mm. depending on probably with Landstar, if they were taking on loans to like expand or anything, they might not have had the, the liquidity to be self-insured at those times. So they got a policy or, or maybe they were just having some of their claims and having to pay out and that reduced like, again, liquidity. So they, they had to go get a policy. There's, I mean, there's several different reasons why. That's good to know. That's good to know because that's a big, uh, with trucking, it's very difficult to compete against somebody who's self-insured compared to somebody who has to insure it. But what you're basically saying is that even these big guys that are self-insured might have to kick into insurance policies over when they get different, different things because of assets and everything. Yeah, depending on assets and, and claims that they've actually had, you know, because when you're self-insured, you pay out of your own pocket for everything. Right. Uh, so it just depends. Um, and the other thing could be they're just trying to expand really fast. And more units means you got to have more in reserves. For, gotcha. You know, to qualify for self-insured. So, so let me ask this. In regards to people, co- trucking companies, because we had a bunch of trucking companies jump in when the rates were fantastic. And the rates are not fantastic anymore. Um, as we can see, shippers are now taking revenge on truckload carriers. So basically, you've seen a lot of small, independent solo guys get basically turning them in, shutting down. Quite a few. Um, it's more so the past, I'd say, three months than I've seen in the last four years. Really? And then, yeah. but the guys that seem to be building are ones that have direct customers. A or lot that more of them have direct contracted contracts. And, yeah. And like the past year has been really, it's been a struggle to, to buy trucks, right? Mm-hmm. New or used. Used market's been insane and it's starting to come down a little bit. So we're seeing a lot of truck purchases. Right. Um, people are finding contracts and it's like, hey, you need you need more units. Can you, can you get more trucks and drivers? So truck truck uh, used market's coming down. They're buying trucks. They're getting picking up contracts and so far it's working pretty well for quite a few of our clients. Like it's, I wouldn't say it's a one for one on people buying and adding trucks versus individual companies shutting down, like owner ops shutting down, but it's, uh, it's probably not that far off right now. As far as my agency goes, I don't know about everybody else, but I'm seeing a lot of growth in my clients. It's kind of nice. Thank yeah. God. <laughs> well, yeah. and, and that's good when they're going out and they're getting direct contracts because those are the guys that are going to, that are, they're building their business, right? Like they're, I just had this conversation is that, Truck drivers go out and they get an LLC and they get a business and they think they and and they do have a business, but they don't have equity in their business without direct customers, without a book of business, without that. Right. They might have a truck. But then the issue is, is that. Yeah. If you let's say you have your truck um, and you're just going to say, hey, I'm going to go ahead and sell the business. All you're really if you don't have contracts and, and direct customers, all you're really selling is the truck. And and let's say. Right. Right. With, yeah. Because you're really not selling the MC because I can go get my own MC myself. So your business itself really isn't worth all that much without the book of business and the and the contracts. That makes sense, right? Yeah, so, yeah. It, it's amazing to hear that there that guys right now that are that are actually adding trucks on are the ones that yeah. Because you ask them probably, hey, why you know what what are you adding a truck on for? Yeah, a lot of people call us just like to consult and we you know we're very happy when people do that like if you call ahead of time or you make a move that's really good because then it's like well we can go over this and help you 
you know, guide you in the right direction. Like instead of, Oh, Hey, I, I just bought three trucks. I need to add these to my insurance and here's the drivers. Uh, okay. Well, you know, there's times where those three drivers have like DUIs and at, you know, reckless driving and all this. And that's, you know, that's what you're banking on. And instead of your insurance, you know, triple quadrupling now it's like a five, six, seven X on the rate. So it's like, uh, <laughs> right. And what, and what actually yeah. infects it? Like what, when you look at it, cause I, I, I was shocked to hear credit score actually affects your rate, your Big credit time. score. When you're, when you're new, when you're new and you're going through like progressive Berkshire, some of these, uh, credit score, credit rating is, is a big factor. Uh, credit age, the unique zip code you're in, you know, like where you're actually, where you're actually based out of there's, there's uh, base rates for a state, which then are broken down into zip codes. Um, your driving record. Yeah. But mm-hmm. credit makes a big, factor. why does credit? Like, credit <sighs> why? Ugh. Cause they don't have any better way to do it for new ventures. If you think about it, like if you're a new venture, you have no history. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to judge like you as a person, how organized you are in your personal life to determine how organized you might be in your business. I but guess, even you know. so, basically, my trucking insurance—the insurance to cover my driving—my credit score affects that. Big time. Does it affect big my drivers time. too? Any driver I bring on, his credit score? No, no, none of theirs. Uh, and like the other thing is, if you have if you have multiple owners, like partnerships, yeah, uh, only one person gets to be put down for the financially responsible party. So it's it's not even like a collective thing or something that you could co-sign with. They don't do that. It's always mm. just one person. Uh, so anytime I'm dealing with like a partnership, uh, it's like, okay, well, who's got better credit? And, you know, it's not just that it really should be the person that's, you know, the lead uh, essentially, like who's most responsible for anything that happens should be the person we're putting down for that. Uh, but you know, if it really is split 50, 50 or, you know, however many people, even division of work and responsibility, then yeah, you just go for the one that's got the best credit. So what, Okay. You actually had, and I want to. I want you to tell this story. And, and so, one of the guys that came to you and said, "Hey, I'm looking for insurance." Uh, the, we, the story we talked about yesterday. Do you remember the story we talked about? Which door to door? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I want you to tell this story because I, I. And the reason I want you to tell this story is I. I had a conversation, and and they're like, I don't know how to get direct customers. And what I'm saying is, right now, if you want to survive in a trucking comp industry and you want to survive, your job is not to. Your job's not to get a truck and hit the spot market. That, in my opinion, the worst thing for trucking is the spot market. To be honest, and yet a lot of truck drivers, yeah. all they do is run the spot market, and I get this yeah. all the time. Right? You agree with that? Yeah. I mean, the spot market can be better than contract rates, you know, but not always. And there's, there's a lot, I've seen swings in it, you know, like we, right. we certainly have seen all the ups and downs of it. Um, I feel it, it has a place. It has a place for, for finding freight, but your goal yeah, should be to get off the spot market, right? To build your business. Yeah. So you had, yeah, that way you have, you know, something that is, is of more value, right? Like, mm-hmm. Without that, you know, like unless you have some unique way of of acquiring spot market freight other than just using the load boards, uh, I don't I don't see where you're building a lot of equity in a company. Um, right. you'd, you'd have to have some like either you you have 
contracted lanes, right? And there's predictable revenue there. Mm -hmm. So that's that's valuable to someone that could potentially purchase your company. Or you have a unique way of acquiring more freight constantly, right? Like without contracts. Right. So you would, you know, maybe if you own the load board. Right. <laughs> and you right. and you right. Uh that's that's the other way to build equity, I guess. Up. Yeah. Uh, right. but yeah, no, I, I, had this, I had this client uh, a little over a year ago, year and a half ago. And he didn't have email on his phone. His his wife was helping him uh, get through like all the applications and stuff, and apply for authority. And he was he was buying a box truck, uh, or actually his boss was buying a box truck. He also drove like he was currently driving dump trucks. Had CDL all this stuff, but uh, he wanted to drive a box truck. And so he's getting a brand new box truck. And I was just sitting here thinking, I was like, hey, uh, what are you what are you gonna do to find work if you're not like I mean is your wife just going to dispatch you and stuff? He's like, no, I'm going to go find some work. I was like, what do you mean just find work? Like, Let's talk about this for a second. <laughs> You're about to buy like a six, I think it was like a $16,000 policy for one truck. And uh, I was like, you know, m maybe this is something we should cover uh, for your, for your uh, business plan here. <laughs> business plan. Like, no, gotcha. We don't need no business. I'm plan. just, I'm just going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go find some work. And I was like, okay. Now just so everybody uh, knows box truck is it's, it's not the easiest to find freight for in the beginning. It, it takes a little bit. There's specialty boards. It's not just a you know as easy as a tractor trailer. Uh, but go ahead. But, but yeah, so he's like, uh, he calls me. You know, we write the policy. I'm like, oh god, you know, praying for this guy. Um, but he calls me uh, like two weeks later, and he's like, hey, I need a COI. And I'm like, oh nice, this guy's working. Okay. COI is. <laughs> Certificate of insurance. Certificate of insurance. Uh, yep. You know, the brokers normally ask for this to prove, you know, your coverages and everything. Um, but he he literally went to this industrial park just outside of Charlotte here and was going door to door saying, hey, I've got a truck. I got my own authority. Do y'all need anything hauled? And one of the first few people he talked to ended up calling him back after somebody missed a load. And he ended up getting a contract running uh, lanes to Atlanta and back like five, six days a week. I know. We were just, just like – Go ahead. You gotta be kidding me! Like, yeah, he's literally going door to door trying to sell his truck hauling services. I was like, "This is this is unheard of." Yeah, I mean, think about kidding. this. He's basically, I, I, all we were joking around. He's basically literally taking his truck, backing up to a door, walking up the thing, and they're like, "Excuse me, sir, are you here to haul something?" He's like, "Not yet, but we're gonna talk." You know what I mean? It, it's it's literally just shows up with a truck, backs into a door, like he's gonna haul something. And then has a pen and a piece of paper. Doesn't have business cards, and they're like, "We're hey, we didn't expect yeah. anything. We're not shipping anything out today." And he's like, "Yeah, that's because you know you haven't met me yet. I mean, you know, here I am. If you need anything shipped, here's my truck. It's sitting at your door. Is there anything that's got to go?" Um, and and one yeah. of the first people he some, some basically shows up, and somebody missed a, a delivery. Right? Somebody didn't pick up, right? Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't like, it was one of the first few people he had like door knocked essentially at right. his warehouses and, uh, distribution centers had called him back. Oh, I called him um, back and said, Hey, somebody missed, like, hey, come get this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll be right there. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I said, uh, he doesn't, he, he, <laughs> no business cards. Didn't know. I mean, didn't, uh, his wife no, was faxing, was right? Writing down on a piece of paper. Yeah. Piece of paper. Here's my Say phone what? number. Old yeah. school style, just just old school. I mean, it's different. It's something that'll make you remember. 
I guess. I mean, you're not going to forget the guy that oh, just yeah. showed up with the truck. That's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I couldn't yeah. believe that one. That was fantastic. That was fantastic. So don't tell me you can't just go out and, and get customers because if he can just back into a door, walk into a, walk into the shipping yeah, I department. People, I get people that ask that a lot. Like, hey, how do you get contracts? Where do you go to find contracts? Wherever the freight's leaving. <laughs> right. But take the truck back into a door and walk in the office and say, I've got a truck. Do you got anything that's got to go? That's literally what he did. I, I thought that was in, interesting. Oh, I hey, I, I, I got one. I don't know a better way to market your trucking company. Trucking company. Yeah, I, I, dude, and I, I was shocked when you're like his. He doesn't even know how to fax. He doesn't do any of that. Um, he just his wife does all that. I don't know. Yeah. Good, good, good for him. Fantastic. Yeah. I, that, that's exactly what you do. If you got a truck and a trailer, just show up at a dock, back in, walk in the door, <laughs> try a business card. All the time. Who but cares? It's, you know, it's worth it to drive around. Um, I, I do have a question. A lot of people, and, and, and we're gonna, I'm gonna pin you down. So, it, how exactly? So, when I go to call you for insurance, how exactly are insurance insurance agents are paid? I know you love this one. How are insurance agents paid? Uh, normally one of two ways, maybe three ways. Um, so like, I'd say the average is. 10% of, of the total annual policy, mm-hmm. right? Depending on which insurance company, I won't say anything, any of them. Right. Don't say names. Like specifically, they might not like that, but uh, whatever. It's basically 10% across the board. Some are more, some are less. Uh, and then it can also vary by line of business. So like trucking insurance isn't just one policy. You've got auto liability, cargo, physical damage. Those are the normal lines of coverage yeah. and those could be all on one package policy or they could be sold separately uh by different companies so there's that right and so normally like most of the time you get paid up front and then if the policy cancels you owe whatever prorated portion back mm-hmm. uh, so that's no fun we want people <laughs> to be successful and make it right uh and if you're you know if you're if there's some scenario where you need to switch because your operations are changing and current insurance company doesn't cover what you're trying, like right now we, we, we have seen a good bit of people switching uh, to go over and do intermodal work. Progressive mm-hmm. doesn't do UIIA uh, endorsements. So we, we switch a lot of those to Berkshire uh, if they want to end up, you know, go that route. So not that I, big and just deal, so everybody but, knows intermodal so, is, con- uh, hang on, it, just so I can clarify, intermodal is containers um, and that is, a lot of times you have to insure somebody else's equipment when you do containers because you're hauling somebody else's chassis and they don't, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a, a good bit of that going on recently and we've got some cool resources too for it. Uh, just like the onboarding process with UIA is kind of complicated. Mm-hmm. So we help out with that. Uh, but yeah, so you get paid upfront most of the time. Some companies pay you out like as earned. So like basically every time you make a payment, we get paid. Yeah. Uh, like you're not right away, but within a billing cycle, essentially like a 30 day period, like net 30 kind of thing. Um, and then what's the other way? Uh, we're brokered wholesale insurance where we have to go through an MGA or like a wholesale broker. Yeah. Uh, we're getting that all up front uh, and we get that normally right away. So like as soon as you make the down payment, if it's five thousand dollars and our cut on the policy is ten percent or whatever, uh, we keep out the 
commission on that and send the rest off to the insurance company. And that's how that works. And then again, if anything happens, we owe them. Right. Uh, like if the policy can't think so. Yeah. So let me ask this because I want drivers to know when they watch this, when they go through, if they go direct, the difference between going direct and going through an agent. So if I go through an agent, what is it? Because this happens all the time, right? People are like, they go through an agent, they have a problem. And the, all the agent does is give them the phone number for Progressive Direct. I'm just using them as an example. Or gives the, the phone number for yeah. Blah Blah Direct, right? I don't know. Is that no, what your job is? Like, like, what is your job in regards? I just wrecked something, or I was just in a wreck. I call you. Is your job just to hand me off? Or, or like, what is the actual role of that? Does that each make sense? Each company is different. So progressive is all about handling claims themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and what I tell people is like, look, there's a claims number you have to call, but I want to, I want to talk with you about it and kind of, you know, guide you through <laughs> what this is going to look like. Okay. Um, you know, try and set expectations. Like that's what we do, but every every agency is a little different too. Um, you know, every agency has to do what the insurance company wants them to do when it comes to claims and billing. Mm -hmm. um, not every insurance company handles their own billing either. So that's, that's why I kind of don't like the wholesale like market. It, none of them do their own billing. You have to go through a premium finance company and that's, that gets to be a nightmare. Uh, especially if you're trying to add trucks, add drivers, change things on the policy. It just, it, it ends up sucking most of the time. So we, mm. we like to do business with direct insurance companies. Like we're, we're, we have access to their systems. We don't have to go through an underwriting company or NGA. Uh, but yeah, so like progressive wants to handle their own claims for the most part, they want to handle any billing questions, but basically whatever they say you owe is what you owe. Like right. trying to negotiate and spread out a bill or anything. I've only heard of clients doing that a couple of times, a handful of times. Right. And there was some kind of crazy situation. Um, most of the time their system is set and that's it. Uh, we have gotten more access, right? So like one thing we can do for people is uh, not all of the time, but a good bit of the time, we can go in there and extend a due date up to 10 days. Uh, so that, you know, that's one thing we can do now that we mm -hmm. used to not be able to do. Um, but otherwise, like you just consult with your agent on everything related to your policy and any changes you're gonna make in the business that, you know, could be kind of dictated by insurance. Um, I just don't understand why anyone would not want to get an agent. Like, at least a good, you know, uh, yeah, if, and, if you call up the insurance office that does homeowners and everything else in between, and they can sell you a trucking policy, specialize in trucking, that I would avoid. <laughs> I would definitely avoid right. that. If an agency is not built for trucking, then that's that's a bad idea. But uh, otherwise, like, you're not you're not going to save money by going direct to the company. And then you're kind of locked in. Like all you can do is call the 800 number. Right. And you're never going to get the same person twice. So that kind of. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, if you were. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like, if I was just a single guy, like if it was just going to be me driving mm -hmm. and I was never going to make a change to my policy, I got a solid truck. That's not, not going to go down. Or if it does, I'm not going to make any changes to my insurance or have to go get a rental or anything like that then, you know, that's not a big deal. And like, if I can do my own certificates of insurance through like progressive system, right. Um, that's not such a bad idea, but otherwise I, even then I'd still want an agent just, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 was, stuff for me. I always thought like for, for me, 
I'm not really paying you, but you're getting money off of me, so you should be there to answer some questions when I need you, right? Yeah, it, and I want I'm going through you to go through them. Um, it's not coming. Yeah. It's not adding it to me. It's, the policy is going to be what it is, no matter what, right? The policy is going to be if it's a thousand dollars a month, it's a thousand dollars a month. If I go through you or if I go through an agent, correct? Yeah, with, with like I said, we're using progressive. Yeah, if you if you have like five quotes, three from agents and two from the two times you called progressive and, and all of those quotes are different, then the only thing I can really advise you to do is learn how they quote and like read what's on the quotes. That way you can determine the differences yourself. And I've I've got some content about this, like what what is what, you know, like mm -hmm. what coverage is and like where you can find differences. Right. And I invite people all the time, like, send me your quotes. I don't like it doesn't make a difference to me if you tell me how much it costs or not. It's not like I can influence the numbers. You right. know, I, I don't get to go choose a range of a premium for your policy. Uh, right. I'm glad that I do because that would that would be annoying. Um, I just always make it as low as possible. You know, like tweak it. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to win business. I don't. Right. Yeah. yeah tweak like, it as much as possible. You got to know the system. So. I want to talk to you a couple, about yeah. a couple other things, too, that we talked about that I basically said, okay, stop here. Um, insurance in general, not just trucking insurance, but insurance in general. You sent me a bunch of links and a bunch of pictures. Well, they're not pictures. Yeah, pictures. What do you want me to show here? I got uh, – let me go to my display here. So – You didn't show any of those, though. Insurance is taking a – they're getting smashed. Is that what you're telling me? They're take, They're getting killed? Pretty much. <laughs> And Not all of them, but a good bit of them. What's going on in the state of insurance companies? What should we be concerned about? There's quite a few that have experienced massive losses, a lot of claims, uh, and then just not being profitable. So, like, and, there, and there's also a lot of consolidation, acquisition, merger type stuff going on. Not just the insurance companies, but insurance agencies too. Uh, it's it's nuts. There's a lot of them are getting consolidated, right? And that. There's already not enough competition in anything related to insurance. Like there needs to be more insurance companies to create more co competition in the marketplace for the consumers, right? For the customers. So the, the more consolidation we see, it's like, that's just scary. It gives less and less options. Not a good thing. Um, there's like some emerging insurance technology companies that use, mm -hmm. you know, non-traditional ways of rating policies and coming up with the, the cost of premium and like it's going to be a while before they get that ironed out like the best ones are still kind of not all all the way fully baked yet uh but yeah is there's just quite a few companies you're looking at one that has experienced a ton of losses and in some markets they're not paying agents they're literally reducing yeah, premium is that, that's the screenshot you sent me right let me pull up is this one hang on yeah, yeah. let me pull these all up reducing commissions to zero is it it's just like is this right here mutual liberty or liberty mutual let me pull this other one uh, that one that one right that one right there no. right before that before this one that's about state auto uh this one uh, hang on let me open the last no, one it had a little crap not that one let me let me get these right out there. here yeah all yeah. right which one are we talking this one the one to the left, right there. Yep. All right. So <clears throat> that one. All right. Let me pop this one up here. Uh, hearing mm -hmm. from the, who is this? Alligator. Oh, no, 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 not that one. Well, that's about Geico and like Geico's. <laughs> instead of just completely pulling out of a market, like if they sell homeowners and personal auto in whatever state, 
Yeah. Uh, they're working with general to, to, I think that's just about uh, personal auto right now, but they're, they're handing off a lot of business because they can't afford to continue selling those policies. So Geico is basically giving up business. So I, if I'm with Geico, they're, ha- they're selling my policy to somebody else. Um, sort of, kind of. Yeah. So when you come up for renewal, it's more through like attrition. So when you come up for renewal, the policy will be rated and, and essentially handed over to the general. Um, that's not every state. Every, every state's different. There's a whole lot of political things that go on that, that come up, you know, influence rates. So, all right. Uh, but yeah, we got this from yeah, root share of quarter two results. Here are the thing company ended the quarter. Oh yeah. With 20, almost 300,000 auto policies, a decrease of 76,000 compared to quarter one. Why is that? That's, yeah. Why is that happening? So people are leaving <laughs> for either rate increases, which we're seeing a lot of right now. And there's some forecasted ones coming up before the end of the year and beginning of next year, which are really ugly. Which what uh, and what percentage of rate of rate increases on insurance approximately? The low end is always like five to ten percent, but yeah. I've heard of some upwards of forty percent. Forty percent increase on insurance coming yeah yeah okay um and that's because of what (laughs) that's because of what inflation and and uh, what's their reasoning behind mostly claims there's if there's a whole lot of claims in a given period of time um i think part of it this is a little bit of speculation but i think part of it is because of covid the court systems got backed up so much and everything was just continued and continued and continued until later last year earlier this year yeah so q1 and q2 results are sh- reflecting a lot of piled up cases like you know if you're in an accident and there was a, a pretty big claim right a lot of times those can end up in court and if those were all getting stacked up and then taken care of all at once then you have this like inflated number of claim payouts right i think that could be part of it um and then who knows <laughs> i mean right everybody here everybody was says- working from home for a while Root implanted a 35-year filing date, and the average rate increase for these guys is 28% on top of the 42 filing, and an average yeah. of increase of 14% for your insurance. Yeah. 31%, uh, no premium volume, Gamma grew 31% of the new business in quarter quarter two. Cash, cash, equity, and restricted cash at the end of the period stood at $886 million. So these guys are all taking butt whoopings. That's, uh, yeah. What is? Let's see what this one. What is this one here? Hippo. What is Hippo? Another Hippo one. Is like another another insurance insure tech company. Uh, general provides. premium was two hundred four. Now it's it's up twenty nine percent. So they raised twenty nine percent. So they're twenty nine percent. Yep insurance no no that's just their that's how much premium so that's it looks good that they've sold more premium okay and they've expanded to 40 states but hold on let me see here their loss ratio is fairly high 78 percent loss, loss? 70 yeah how's that even possible so oh that i mean i've heard of much higher loss ratios than that even uh how is it possible it's just you know for every hundred bucks they're losing 78 for every hundred dollars they're bringing in, they're losing seventy-eight dollars. 
So if, if you charge me $1,000 a month for insurance for my truck, you're losing $780. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> okay. How, do they, how are they going to possibly yeah. survive? Um, well, it depends on the size of the company, you know, really low margins when you have billions in revenue, that's not that bad, I guess, depending on how efficiently you operate. But, uh, yeah, this is where we're talking about Kemper reducing. So this is from Kemper and Kemper is basically paying zero commission commissions with two months notice. Uh, <laughs> what is this world coming to? Uh, been very aggressively moving what small amounts of Kemper preferred, and we had, we had, and will not move all Kemper specialty. Uh, we're out of Utah, so Kemper Insurance has basically said, "Look, we are not going to pay commission on our insurance anymore, and that's all you get is commission on that, seg on that segment, and all you get is yeah. commission." Correct. Yeah. So basically, they're mm -hmm. asking you to work for free. Or move their stuff for free. Yeah. They're like, yeah. why don't they just cancel? Why don't they just say we're not doing this? Who's going to move this? All the agents. So this is. That's what's really important to have and, an agency. Like this is for personal auto. Which is what? And like if, if uh, just your, your regular, like your car insurance. Yeah. So they um, want people to move. I just want to make sure I'm getting this right. So I'm not crazy. <laughs> they want. So you're an insurance agent, in, 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 and you have a possibility of moving Progressive or Kemper. All right? I'm good so far? Mm -hmm. Kemper yeah. says, you can go ahead and offer this, but we're not going to pay you anything if they choose our rate. Right. Do you even offer it? <sighs> yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> especially like, you're a good man. This could change, right? This, yeah. could, this could change in six months uh and go right back uh and so if you like think about it from from a perspective of trying to do right by your customer sure. so i could offer you because kemper might be low well let me ask you this or whoever else if they're not paying you how long before they go out of business i mean i'm looking okay. at this like this well, i'm an agent right and i'm thinking to myself if they're not even willing to pay me commission to move their stuff and i'm offering this to my yeah. person when do I get any? When do I get the email saying, "Hey, by the way, we're going out of business"? Yeah, getting going out of business or getting bought by another company. Or bought by but like you in hope. this scenario. Yeah. In this scenario, the personal auto, you might have, you might have personal auto homeowners through another company. If they've got any like you know motorcycle or other toys that are insured, you might have several policies with this one customer who happens to have Kemper just for their auto. And like you don't want to lose that customer in all those other policies, so yeah. you take the hit. You keep them with that if that's the lowest rate. It, but ideally, you'd want to find them cheaper insurance when they come up for renewal. And if if this company's already struggling, then you likely will find cheaper insurance, but maybe not depending on the scenario of the customer. Um, I swear to so God. yeah, I mean, you don't want to lose a customer. You want to lose a customer, but yet you you want to be paid so you get that customer. You see what I'm saying? So it's a fine line between. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's the mutual one? Uh, Liberty Mutual. Uh, this um, is honestly, uh, just the state of auto. Uh, this is about, yeah, state auto is getting acquired by Liberty Mutual. Okay, so state auto is what? People, agents, agents like state auto. State auto is just another insurance company. 
So this is um, one that's being bought up by another nice. one. Yeah, Liberty Mutual's been on a uh, war path, I'd say. They're, they've been expanding, updating rates, and doing doing very heavy heavy marketing. Like they they want to be top dog. Uh, but but agents love State Auto. Their their platform is really nice and easy to work with. It makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, and having to switch over to Liberty Mutual, I don't do personal lines in my agency. I've I've done it in the past, and I don't. It's not my cup of tea. Right. But uh, I've worked in Liberty Mutual's system, and it's definitely not my favorite. <laughs> All right, we got. Uh, what else did you give me? This one is. Um, what is this one? Uh oh, this was about you were credit based insurance scores, right? So yes. like your personal credit determines insurance rates. Um, this is where a judge, uh, the the insurance commissioner. So every state has like a insurance commission or uh, insurance and finance department for the state, right? And mm-hmm. these, this is an elected official <clears throat> that is in charge of insurance rates. Essentially, I mean they do other things. But like every admitted insurance company yeah. submits their rates to the insurance governing body of the state. And that kind of helps determine how the rates come to be. All right. And there was an insurance commissioner, I think in Washington. Yeah. That wanted to ban credit based rating. Mm-hmm. It's good and bad. Like if you have bad credit, it probably helps you. If you have right. really good credit and there's discounts for that, it probably hurts you. <coughs> Excuse me. But, uh, Hold on. Absolutely not. I'm docking your pay. There we go. Anyways, uh, yeah, the, the judge came back and struck down the ban so that they could continue a credit-based insurance scoring. Hmm. Well, we have. I have one more too yeah. that I want you. Go ahead. Yeah. Do you remember the one I want you to talk about now? The uh, Communist Party insurance company. <clears throat> insurance insurance brought to you by the Communist Party of the United States of America. So some states have these rate facilities, right? I'm not going to talk about any individual. But uh, basically, if insurance companies can't be profitable in a given state, like, well, I'll just say, like, flood insurance in Florida is tough, right? Mm-hmm. Flood insurance. Think about it. You got hurricanes comes in, does billions of dollars in damage that could wipe out an insurance company pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, in order to have a insurance marketplace exist at all, sometimes it has to be run by the state uh, government. So they put together a rate facility or an insurance rate facility. And so a dozen, half a dozen or so insurance companies will work with these facilities, these, these, state government bodies to establish standard rates for all the residents of that state. Uh, So like flood insurance or homeowners, personal auto, Colorado had a thing. I think they still do at one point for personal auto because they get so much hail. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, if you have a lot of natural disasters reoccurring, then you might have a facility in your state. Uh, But yeah, so they come up with kind of standard rates that don't really have any discounts or anything. Um, and the insurance companies get to offset their claims costs with taxpayer dollars, essentially. <laughs> so if there is a big natural disaster, uh, and they might structure these differently based on the type of claim and when it happens, all this, but taxpayer money is going towards paying claims. So it's like everyone has to share in everyone's tragedy. 
which, you know, it's like, it's good and bad, you know, depending on how you, you know, are set up, like where you live uh, in relation to someone, you know, if, if you've got these big mansions that are on the coast getting taken in massive claims to get super nice homes fixed, it's like, well, if I live more inland in Florida, like, should I, should I be paying for that? I, you know, nothing happened to my house. So, and, and so basically, let me just make sure I get this right. I don't know how much it's going to cost. So we're going to make up some numbers. I pay $500, let's say a month. Or is that high? What, what would be an average flood insurance? 200 bucks a month? Flood insurance? Yeah. I don't know. I've never done flood insurance. All right, so let's say it's expensive, though. Let's say it's 500 bucks a month for flood insurance. Yeah. On, on a Florida uh, home, yeah, sure. depending on the size of the home. That's probably on the beach. It's going to be an expensive home anyways. I offer. I'm in the insurance yeah. company. I offer this 500 bucks. I don't have to raise the rate because if if the house actually gets flooded or damaged in a hurricane or something like that, like flooded, right? If we do that, taxpayer dollars are going to be the one that comes in and covers the difference on what the insurance company can't afford. Partially, but majority. So, like, out of the premium that you're paying $500 a month, yeah. there's a portion of that that goes to the facility. And then, depending on the scenario and the claim, or with the claim, the insurance company might only pay 50% of the claim or 10% of the claim. It could, it could vary. All these are different. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's just offsetting the cost to make sure the insurance companies can offer insurance in the state. Uh, but they don't get to do their own necessarily, you know, like you, you get a quote and it, it could come from any of, you know, let's just say there's five companies, five insurance companies involved in this one type of coverage, say flood. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it gets randomly assigned to the insurance companies and that's really just for customer service and keeping up with the policy. It's, it's not like one's more competitive than the other at that point. They're just there to, Service policies, right? The policies yeah. and service them. This is real life. This is real. And there are states that do this now in automotive. Yep. And there might be, a, are, we, are we allowed to mention what state? Or we're not allowed to mention what state basically does it? It doesn't matter anymore. It, North Carolina's had one for a long time. And it used to be really cool. because, And it wasn't necessarily like a claim, like offset type of thing. It was more like, let's attract businesses to North Carolina. Um, but it's, it's been heavily, heavily abused and taken advantage of. And now it's, uh, it's more expensive than the, the like open market. So, I mean, how does the insurance company, how does the decision like, and any insurance company can, can go to the government and say, Hey, give me, I sh- you know, pay for this. I mean, how does that, I mean, I'm in any insurance company that was selling flood insurance, let's say in Florida. Can basically go to They'd the government. They'd have to go present. You have to present your financials, right, to make sure that, like, you know, there's a there's a whole review and process of getting approved for this. Um, but yeah, like, it's it wouldn't be just anybody. You'd you'd have to have everything in place to operate with them in conjunction with them, right? And uh, yeah, it's kind of Jesus. I don't know. I'm not on that level. Yeah, but I'm not gonna imagine. be, dude. When taxpayer dollars start, what's that? Oh, yeah. I dug into the North Carolina facility one time, did a lot of research on it because I was like, everyone talks about this thing, but nobody knows how it really works. And it was like very eye opening. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything else, but it, it was very eye-opening to see how it all worked. Unbelievable. Um, I'm glad that it's not so, how should I say it? It's not so competitive anymore. It's not competitive hardly at all anymore, but it used to be really tough for like better insurance companies to compete with this, with this program. And, and it's got abused. So now, just now this pissed me off. Cause it's like, at what point does taxpayers dollars go to start bailing out insurance companies? And, and do you don't even people that are getting, don't even know. Right. I wouldn't know if I'm buying the $500 policy. I don't know that the government's paying for it. Right. Do you read, do you read like the big packet of paperwork that comes in the mail? Listen, I barely read captions. I don't read anything. Uh, I barely, there's, I don't even read comments. I barely read anything. I read, I, yeah. go ahead. There's at least one page in there with a disclosure that probably provides resources to go read more about it. So that's, that's pretty much it. Good for them. Yeah. It's not worth reading. Damn. That's amazing. All right. I know I can't keep you forever there. Um, so I know we had like, you penciled me in for an hour time. Um, real quick, where are you seeing on regular and even automotive insurance or truck insurance? Do you, is that, how much are we looking of a jump in regards to everything that's going on? If you were renewing crushing blow, I mean, what, where, yeah, if you had to pick numbers or see where they're at, where, what are we kind of looking for jumps in insurance? Cause they got, there's gotta be jumps, right? There's no way there's not. Everything's going up. Yeah. For the companies that aren't getting pummeled right now, they're either going to stay right where they are or mm -hmm. do slight increases, right? Because they can take advantage of the other companies that are having to increase just to stay afloat, right? So like if company A has to increase their rates by 15% just to meet profitability and be able to continue acting as an insurance company, because the insurance company has to have like enough liquidity or investments that can be easily uh you know act like the funds need to be easily accessed to pay for paper claims right right so if they fall you know below certain standards then they're in trouble and they might not be able to continue doing business in whatever state they're in um so if i'm if i'm looking at company a and i'm company b and i see you know they're reporting that they have to increase rates five percent and i'm profitable over here with what i've been doing but I need to make sure that I can continue to be profitable. And instead of worrying about highs and lows, I can stay more consistent. If I just increase by 5%, I might go ahead and do that before I have to increase a five, 10, 15, 20 down the road. If I go ahead and increase a little bit. I'm still very competitive and I'm securing my competitiveness by doing that. Um, it kind of sucks, but it's just part of it. Like no matter what insurance rates are going to continue to go up, you know, inflation and everything else uh i don't see them drastically going down across the board now right. if you're a trucker watching this and thinking like oh well my rate went down this year that's because maybe you qualify for either better insurance companies will accept you and they have lower rates or your current company just has uh discounts or something for where you're at now with you know mostly longevity and not having claims so the best thing so, like, to do is you keep started off last Best thing to do is keep your record yeah. clean as possible so you can qualify for better incentives. Yeah. Yep, exactly. All right, next quick quick question. Uh, in regards to insurance companies wanting access to ELDs. Have you seen? Mm. What do you think? Oh, yeah. That's the, that's the direction we're headed. Not only ELDs, but the dash cams too. 
uh, AI dash cams. You know, if you blink too much, they assume you're about to fall asleep. Um, or if you're yawning, they can they can record that data. <laughs> They're not worried about watching you the whole time. No one has time to watch everyone drive all day long. Mm-hmm. But there's there's key things like if you're looking down, they might assume you're looking at your phone. If you're nodding off, you might be about to fall asleep. Those are risk indicators. And the software behind these dash cams, like if they're facing the driver, yeah, uh, facing the road too. I mean, there's other risk indicators there they, they might capture. But um, those are becoming a big thing too. And the data, should you give it up? Depends <laughs> on you. Uh, if you are doing things that you should, yes, absolutely give up that data. And, and try and like there's several companies emerging right now and expanding that are rating not completely off of ELD and dash cam data, but they're headed that direction. Right. And if you're good and your drivers are good and you're doing everything you should be doing, then you, that's where we could see lower insurance. Right. Uh, if you are driving like a maniac, slamming the brakes left and right, um, accelerating hard, whatever, whatever else, bad driver behavior then that's going to hurt. Uh, stick to traditional companies that don't incorporate any ELD type of data rating. Do you see them eventually but they're getting force, Yeah, is it making it mandatory? Yeah, see. Do you see it making it mandatory? There's several companies that already do have mandate. Like, you have to have the ELD and dash cam installed or else your policy could get canceled. Oh, really? Uh, there's a couple that are like that already. Yep, and they're all, they're all headed there. Right now, the big problem is especially with new ventures, right? There's no current data to go off of. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't had an ELD provider for very long, like insurance companies really, when they're when they're trying to evaluate risk, they want to see years of data, right? right? And when did the ELD mandate hit? 2017? Yeah, I think 2017. Yeah. So like we don't even have that much time with ELD data, really. Uh, so if you're a newer venture or if you just switched ELD companies and you lost all the data from the prior company you had, like that's, that's a problem for the insurance companies hmm. that want to use that data to rate policies. Yeah. But I definitely see it going that direction. They're, Is there coming up? I, big discounts. Is there but, big discounts for it right now? If you do have it. Um, progressives, you know, kind of the first one that started doing this and it's for new ventures, it's automatically 5%, right? Like it's just, flat 5% if you have an ELD. Then when you're getting close to your renewal, they'll look back uh, a three-month period and evaluate that. And it's not actually, there's like a, a contracted company that works with Progressive on this. So it's not something you can ask about or try and dispute or anything like that. There's just some software developers in a closet somewhere hidden in the country that we can't access. I've tried. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, they have. It's an algorithm that takes in the data and dis, and determines a discount. It's tiered, and it goes up as high as twenty percent at renewal. Uh, but it can also go away. Like if you have absolutely horrible driving characteristics and behaviors, mm-hmm. you could lose that five percent discount. Um, but yeah, most most of the time people are north of five percent at renewal. Um, it's not easy to hit the twenty percent, but I've I've seen people hit like fifteen, eighteen percent. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, I will do this. Let me do this real quick because I know I, we had about an hour. Uh, this is the, if you are looking for truck insurance, if you want an agent that's going to be not only an agent but an advisor in how to do things, um, definitely give him a ring. And, and even if you're coming up for renewal, correct? You can basically swap out different agents yeah. and stuff like that. 
Um, but definitely check yep. him out. Like I said, I appreciate you coming on and, and answering some of these questions um, and talking about a little bit of this stuff. I know, unfortunately, we talk too much that it's like, damn, we should stop talking. We should just do this on the show. Um, and and I, I, I know I shouldn't do that. But besides that, I want to thank you for coming on. And um, like I said, I'll check in with yeah, you man. a little bit, and we'll see how damaging the insurance rates are. <laughs> so, not too bad. Anything you want to say um, before yeah. we take off? No, check out the channel. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for watching. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll hop on another one here soon. Yeah, I'll be, and I'll hook you up with a couple other guys, and we'll get you on those too. So I want to thank everybody for swinging in. As as always, uh, guess what? Stay safe. Sage out. All right. So if you like what you heard here and you want to make sure you can stay up to date, make sure you check out sagenewslive.com. That's my website. It's also going to be where you're going to find where I'm also at. Uh, podcast, Spotify, a- Apple, um, Twitch, Vimeo, all these other places, not just on YouTube. So if you're looking to listen to me on podcast or anything else, you can go ahead and hit up the website. Also, upcoming streams, things I'm going to be having. And if you're looking for factoring for under 2% with one of the best factoring companies out there, definitely check me out uh, my website. Go ahead and shoot me a text or email me about the information. I'll reach out and get you hooked up like a tow truck. As always, stay safe. Stay out.